Hey everyone, Merry Christmas to you. Welcome to my podcast. This is Steve Hutto and thank you so much for stopping by today. We're entering that time of the year where we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And you may not know this, it's really not the end of the world, but Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. That just happens to be the day we celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus Christ and commemorate his coming uh, to the earth. Uh, The good news is that he came. Jesus probably came somewhere in September uh, or October during the Feast of Tabernacles, also known as the Festival of Lights. But he didn't come on uh, December the 25th. But the good thing about it is, is most of the world today acknowledges that Jesus came around this time of the year. And, And that's good because it turns eyes and ears and hearts toward Jesus Christ, especially for those who do not know him. So the good news is that Jesus came. He came to the earth. And I want to share uh, the word with you today in a teaching about the truth about the birth of Jesus. And we'll see that the birth of Jesus, the way he came, distinguishes Jesus as the Messiah. It sets him apart as the only way to God the Father. The only way to the heaven the Bible talks about is through Jesus. You know, Jesus said in the book of John, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, I want to start with Isaiah 7.14, where Isaiah says he prophesies about the coming of Jesus, and he prophesies that he will come through a virgin. Isaiah 7:14 Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold a virgin will be with child and bear a son and she will call his name Emmanuel Now many great people many great men and women of God came to the earth and were born and God had an incredible plan for them but not one of these No one has ever been born of a virgin the way Jesus was born. And let's go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and I'm going to read through 35. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him, or call his, you shall name him Jesus. Let me pause there just for a moment. I mean, this could probably be pretty overwhelming. I know it would be for me. I mean, if I were a young virgin. And I'm sure it was for Mary because right off the bat, he tells her three things. Number one, you will conceive in your womb. Now, we're talking about a virgin. Number two, you're not just going to bear a baby. You're going to bear a son. So Gabriel tells her what it's going to be, a son. And number three, you shall name him Jesus. He also tells her what his name will be, this angel. 
from the original Hebrew, it's uh, from the from uh, Jehovah, for, from Joshua actually, which means uh, the Lord who saves. And let's pick it up in verse 32. And he, talking about this child, will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I'm a virgin? The angel said, answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. So he's called the Son of God because the Holy Spirit literally conceives Jesus in Mary. How did he do that? The power of the Most High would come upon her, and he did. And then as the power, excuse me, as the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, then the power of the Most High would overshadow her. And for that reason, this child is going to be called the Son of God. When he was born a human baby from the womb of Mary, he was literally the Son of God. He was Mary's son because he was uh, conceived in her womb, and then he was born from her womb. So he was the son of Mary, but he was also the Son of God, meaning he was the Son of God and he was the Son of Man. That's incredible. So we have to understand the significance of this birth, and, and the truth is he was born through a virgin. No other human being has ever been born through a woman in this way who was a virgin. Matthew has his version of this scripture, Matthew one twenty three. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So we know that God with us means that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, the power of the Most High overshadowed her. The Holy Spirit conceived Jesus in Mary's womb, and there was the Son of God, therefore God with us. God came to the earth through the Virgin Mary, and no one else has ever done it. No one else ever will, because we don't need another Messiah. Jesus was born. We know that he grew up, and at 30 years of age, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he went about doing good, the scripture says in Acts, destroying the works of the devil. He obliterated sin on the cross. He rose three days later, giving us new resurrection life in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, we no longer have to live for the world. We can live for Jesus. And of course, Jesus ascended back to the Father, sent forth the promise of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and the, and the church was born when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Jesus made it possible and, and it became a possibility, it became a reality, if you will, because God came to the earth through a virgin. It distinguishes him as the only way back to the Father. To be reconciled to the Father is through Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, Remember, let me give you some background before I read this scripture. Uh, Joseph and Mary were betrothed. They were engaged to be married. And during this engagement, Joseph discovered, it was revealed, that Mary was with child. Now, can you imagine how Joseph felt? I mean, this woman, 
who was a young Jewish woman, and he was a Jewish man. They lived according to the law. They, they knew the penalty of adultery, and they knew it was just not right. They tried their best to live by the law. And then during this betrothal period, Joseph discovers that Mary is pregnant. Can you imagine how it felt? And um, also in Matthew chapter 1, uh, I won't go into all the, this or read it because of time, but it talks about how Joseph, being a righteous man, wanted to put her away secretly because I believe that some people might want to stone her because under the law, and they were still under the law, those caught in adultery were to be stoned to death, including the man. And um, also Joseph, being a righteous man, I believe he really loved Mary and didn't want her to live the rest of her life in shame because as it appeared, which we know was not the truth, um, it looked like she had committed adultery, but she didn't. So in the middle of all this going on, when Joseph, after he had discovered that Mary was pregnant, Matthew 1.20 says, But when he had considered this, putting her away, divorcing her, or breaking off this engagement, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Now listen to this. For the child who has been conceived in her, he, he confirmed it, is of the Holy Spirit. The only baby ever conceived in a virgin's womb by the Holy Spirit. Man, does that ever make Jesus someone special. <laughs> he was conceived in the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. And again, no other so-called God, no other prophet of old, or no, no other historical spiritual leader was ever conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, how'd this happen? We talked about this already, but let's touch on it again. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 and 35. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? In other words, as Gabriel was telling Mary back in Luke when he was explaining to her this news of her bearing the Messiah, Mary said, Wait a minute, Gabriel. I'm a virgin. I live by the law. And I don't, or uh, I have never been with a man. Don't plan to till after I'm married to Joseph. So tell me, Gabriel. How's this going to happen? It's not that Mary doubted him. I think Mary, out of her own integrity, wanted to know that you know how this actually was going to happen because she wasn't about to have relations with a man before she got married. And so Gabriel said, here's how it's going to happen, Mary. Verse 35, Luke chapter 1, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you for that reason... The holy child, see already holy means separated from sin. The holy child will be called the Son of God. Now I want to share something with you about the word overshadow here. Remember he said, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The word overshadow there from the original language, it means to envelop in a haze of brilliancy. Let's substitute that definition for overshadow. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will envelop you in a haze of brilliancy. You know, there was nothing immoral or kinky about it. The Most High God touched Mary through the Holy Spirit. Always remember, when the Holy Spirit comes, 
the power of the Most High overshadows, stuff happens, man, and things changed. Jesus was literally the Son of God when he came out of the womb because he was conceived of by the Holy Spirit. So, with that said, we can say that Jesus was literally born of God. He was literally born of the Spirit. means the same thing. Another way to put it is he was literally born from above. He was born of God, born of the Spirit, born uh, born above. They all mean the same thing. When you saw Jesus walking around as a a child, as as a teenager, as a young man, or anointed by the Holy Spirit uh, during his three-and-a-half-year ministry that changed history and the world, when you saw him, you literally were looking at the Son of God. If you were able to give him a big hug or get a big hug from him, you were hugging or getting a hug from the Son of God. I mean, in the flesh. If you could grab his arm, you were grabbing the arm of the Son of God. Why? Because he was born of the Spirit. He was born of God, and he was born from above. That made him the Son of God. Now, one thing about Jesus, the Scripture refers to him, we don't have to go there, in Romans eight twenty nine as the firstborn among many brethren. The firstborn among many brethren. The Scripture also says that um, that he's the head of the church. Uh, I mean, he has preeminence in everything. Why is that? Because he's the only human being that was born of God. Therefore, he had no sin nature, and he qualified as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. As a matter of fact, when he came on the scene to be baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, God had already identified how, or he had already made known to John how he could identify Jesus when he came. And of course he did. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He just looked on Jesus. He said, Behold the Lamb. You know why? He was looking at a human being born of a woman, but he was also looking at a human being that was born of God who had no sin nature. No one had ever seen anything like that. That's why when Jesus could look upon his potential disciples and say, follow me, and they drop everything at just two words and follow him and give their lives for him, it's because no one had ever encountered a human being born of God. Isn't that incredible? Because Jesus was born of God, then we can be born again of God. (laughs) Because Jesus was born of God, we can be born again. Of God. The difference is when we're born into this life, we're born into the flesh and into a flesh sinful nature. When Jesus was born into this world, he was born of the Spirit immediately of God with no sin nature. But because of his work of the cross, once we're born into this world as, as human babies and grow up, and, and, and once we're born into this sinful nature, we can be born again by accepting Jesus as our Savior, Messiah, receiving the work that He did and, at the cross by faith, and then living for Him by faith. We become born again. But you know what? Just as Jesus is born of God, once we're born again, we too are born of God. Just as Jesus is born of the Spirit of God, we too, when we accept Him, we become born again of the Spirit of God. And just as Jesus was born from above, 
when we receive Jesus, we become born again from above because of what Jesus did. Can you see how the way Jesus was born of God, can you see how it just it, it, it confirms the fact that Jesus, by virtue of his virgin birth, is distinguished and set apart as the only way to the Father. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. John 3, verses 3 through 6, Nicodemus came to him. And, and, and first of all, Jesus, Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, Look, you know, we, we know you have to be from God because of all the miracles you're doing and the things you say. But see, Nicodemus missed it. He, he got it right partially by knowing that Jesus was from God, but what he missed was the fact that Jesus was God because he was born of God. That's why Jesus said in John 3, 3, truly I, uh, he said to Nicodemus, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now that's the one who was born of God saying to the one who needs to be born again or born of God that unless he receives the Holy Spirit and becomes born again, unless he receives Jesus, and of course at this time Jesus hadn't gone to the cross, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? I mean, again, he misses it. He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water like you and the Spirit like me, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, the like you and the like me were added by me so that you would understand what Jesus is really saying to Nicodemus here. He's really saying you have to be born as a human like you, and you also have to be born of the Spirit of God like me in order to see the kingdom of God. And I believe that Jesus could have put his hand on Nicodemus and said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that's verse 6, and then maybe put his hand on his own chest and said, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. There's a marked difference between one who's born of the flesh, all humanity, and the one who is born of the Spirit, Jesus, because he was conceived of by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary and born of the Spirit, born of God as a human being. There's a big difference there. Can you see that? He was telling Nicodemus that we must be born first. We have no choice. We have no, no say about being born into this world and being born into a fallen nature, thanks to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. We have no choice. We, you know, that, that happens. But once we are born, and we're born into this flesh nature, we can be born again by the Spirit of God, by what Jesus said. And then we enter the kingdom of God when we're born again of the Spirit of God. And I love what John writes in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. says, speaking of Jesus, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Remember, the holy child born of the Virgin Mary will be called son, the Son of God because he was conceived of and born of the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Spirit. Well, as many as receive him, to them he gives the right to become children of God, even to those who believe 
in his name, now watch this, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. That's the way we're born first. But he said, but to those who were born of God. So let me just say this. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God or born of God, born again. So, you know, that makes me think of Scripture uh, like in the book of Romans where Paul says, We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. How can we be joint heirs with Jesus Christ? Because Jesus, the Son of God, made it possible for you and me to be sons and daughters of God. If we're sons and daughters of God, we're joint heirs with Jesus. Isn't that incredible? So Jesus is the only way to be born of God because He was born of God. To be born of God is to receive Jesus and to be saved, the Bible says. It's salvation. It means to be born again, as I said, and also to be born again of the Spirit. Now, let me close this by saying again, Jesus is the only human being born of God. He was God's only Son. This really brings to to even more life Scripture like John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His, there it is, only begotten Son. Remember, born of a virgin, born of the Spirit, born of God, born from above, so that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but instead have eternal life. You know, Jesus said in John 10, 9, He said, I am the door. You know, so many people are saying now, even people who we thought were anointed uh, spirit-filled Christians are beginning to say, well, I'm not so sure that there's just one way to Jesus. There are other ways, uh, not to Jesus, but to God. Well, not to God the Father, not Jehovah God. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. You can't, you can't enter heaven. You can't enter God's kingdom through any other door except through Jesus Christ. I mean, it's that simple. There's no other way. You know, and that's not to put anybody else down or, or to win a debate or an argument over how you get to heaven. It's just the truth, my friend. I mean, I didn't believe it at one day, at uh, one time. Uh, there was a time in my life where I didn't believe that. I mean, I really couldn't care less. But one day I discovered this truth. I didn't make it happen. I didn't arrange it. It had already taken place. I just discovered this truth that Jesus is the only way into the kingdom of God. And that just happens to be a fact. It happens to be the truth. And the day that I believed that and received it, my life changed. And you know, the scripture tells us that all we have to do is call on Jesus and we can enter the kingdom of God. We will enter eternal life, meaning that we will never go to hell meaning that we begin a relationship with the one who literally spoke the universe into existence. One who's full of miracles, one who's form of, of, one who is full of miracles, and one who is full of, of adventure, signs and wonders, one's, one who is full of victory. I mean, we enter relation, a relationship with the one who is love. I mean, Jesus saved my life, but he also saved my marriage. And now my whole family serves him. 
What a blessing it is. I mean, I can vouch for him, my friend. He changed my life. If you knew Steve Hutto before I came to know Jesus, you would be, you, you would, you would wonder if even God was strong enough to save me. But he was, and he is, and he did. And if he can change my life, my friend, he can change yours. Let me share one more scripture with you. Romans 10, 9 and 10 just basically says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. In other words, you just say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I believe. It goes on to say, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's faith. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. In other words, you could say Jesus is your Lord all day long, but you've got to believe it. I mean, you've got to be a, at a point in your life where you just want him to take over your life because the Holy Spirit's already been dealing with you and he's already assured you in your heart that this is the way to do it. And, and you just know there's no other way. And you surrender your life to Jesus. And let me say this. I'm speaking specifically to those who you're in a trial right now. You're, you're in a quandary. I mean, you're in a situation where uh, it looks like you're about to go under. Your life's about to go under. Your marriage is about to go under. Your finances, everything. Listen, I'm speaking directly to you. Turn it over to Jesus. Give him a chance to come into your heart. Take over your life. Not because he comes in and possesses it by force, but because you just simply surrender your heart to him. Do that, my friend, and he'll do for you what he did for me. Uh, you know, our marriage exploded at four and a half years, and I'm done, but I'm, let me just say this shortly, that I surrendered my life to Jesus at that time because I didn't want to lose my family. God saved my soul, and it took a while. I had to learn to be faithful to Jesus, but he saved my marriage. And at this time, at the time of this recording, we're coming up on 45 years of marriage. All I can say is God Almighty, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit all get the glory because he came in and did what he said he would do. And all you got to do is pray a simple prayer and ask Jesus to come into your heart, take over your life. You say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. The work you did on the cross, I believe it, and I confess from this point on, you will be the Lord of my life. And you just ask him that, and it's that simple. Well, I pray that you've enjoyed this teaching. God bless you. Have a very blessed day.